Welcome to the Barry Trammell Show. Very special guest joining us, SMU coach Rhett Lashley. His Mustangs come to Norman on Saturday to play the Sooners. In the wake of great news for SMU, Southern Methodist University will join the ACC next year. Been in the desert a long time trying to get back into the power conference status, and it's happened for SMU. And Rhett Lashley joins us. And first of all, Rhett, tell us the excitement. Uh, you were hired uh, almost two years ago, and uh, SMU was trying to trying to work its way into the power structure. It's finally happened. What does that mean for SMU football? Yeah, I mean, you know, last week was a really exciting week at SMU. Uh, when, when that news came Friday, um, you know, there's three or four decades of um, anguish that was kind of, um, you know, validated maybe by a lot of our fans that um, remember the days when SMU have had people like Doak Walker, Eric Dickerson, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, yeah, since I got hired back as the head coach, I know that um, that's been something that we've been really in the mix for with several conferences and something that I know our board chair and our president and our AD were working really hard on. And I think we were always optimistic because we feel like, you know, SMU is a fine institution in the, in the great city of Dallas. And, and we have a history of being in those, quote, power conferences back in the old Southwest Conference days. And I uh, just feel like that's where we belong and where if uh, we're given an opportunity to compete on that level, we can have success, uh, but you just never knew if it was going to happen. And it happened Friday. And, um, you know, it was really it was really special to see, you know, as the head coach, it's great for me and our staff and our players in the in the present time, but also the future recruiting and all of that. But it was just really good for SMU, uh, for the institution. Uh, since Dr. Turner came here in 1995, I know that's been a big goal of his uh, to get SMU back in since the Southwest Conference kind of dissolved. And um it's been a long road back, and it was really cool to just see so many generational fans um, just feel that joy of feeling like SMU's back on that national scene. When we were uh, when we were talking with Mike Gundy a year ago, uh, two years ago, Big Twelve was talking about expanding, and uh, Brigham Young was about to come in, and Mike Gundy said Brigham Young's a Power Five program that just doesn't happen to be in a Power Five. Uh, in a power five conference. Is that sort of the way you saw SMU? I talked to Rick Hart last week and Rick told me about some of the initiatives, the, uh, the fundraising efforts, all those things. Has SMU sort of been operating like a, like a major conference school just didn't happen to be in one? I think over the last four or five years. Yes. Um, you know, we've, we've had four straight winning seasons, um, had some success uh, over the last four or five years. And I think a lot of that started, you know, from the top down with our president and our board and Rick and, and all the support. And we do try to operate and give our student athletes and they try to give us as coaches what we need to compete at a high level. Um, you know, I think the SMU situation is unique because, yes, our history says a lot like BYU. We are that. But there's, you know, 25, 30 year window where we didn't compete like that. And everybody knows that and everybody knows why. And it's obviously well documented that. You know, in the in the 80s, 70s and 80s, it was an era of just kind of do whatever in college football. And and for whatever reason, SMU was the one school that got the, the greatest punishment ever. And it just when you do that, you lose a generation of fans. And it just took, you know, a couple decades to really recover. And in that same time frame, the Southwest Conference broke up. So at that time, SMU wasn't as appealing as it might have been five years previous when all the schools started, you know, forming the Big 12 and other leagues. Arkansas going to the SEC. And so SMU was kind of left without a home. 
And so it's just made it a really long, long road back. But um, I think so. I think the potential is here. I think the resources are here. And I know that the desire to compete at that level with our administration is here. How how well positioned do you think SMU football is to jump in immediately in the ACC? Well, I've got some familiarity with the league being at Miami a few years ago. I mean, it's a good league. Um, obviously, at the top of the league, you've got the Clemsons, the Florida States, the Miamis, the even North Carolina in football now. So, I mean, but throughout the league, it's it's a lot of parity. It's a really good league. Um, I don't know. You know, I think this will definitely help us now for the rest of this recruiting cycle. And, you know, it remains to be seen how this season goes. we got to somehow live in the present, knowing that's the future. Um I think we can get there soon. I don't know if we'll be, you know, exactly there next year in year one in terms of the roster depth and all the things you need to make that transition. But I know we're we feel like we're really climbing that way. And I do think because, you know, the city of Dallas, the recruiting base in the Metroplex, it's it's arguably the top in the country every year. And now we're on the same level as our Big 12 SEC peers in this region recruiting. And that's really been the one thing that's kept some elite recruits from coming here. They're like, I want to stay home and play at SMU and in Dallas because we're the only Division One school in Dallas. And But I want to play on that stage, and, and we didn't have that. And so I think now that that is removed, now we're more on equal footing, you know, I think there's optimism we can get there relatively quickly. A few months ago, several months ago, uh, word comes down that the Oklahoma-Georgia game is canceled. Word came down that North Texas was uh, was going to join the American Conference for this season. Oklahoma needed a game. You needed a game. You guys get together, and all of a sudden, uh, you, you'd been scheduled to play North Texas. Uh, now they're in your conference. You needed a game. All of a sudden, you're coming to Norman in 23. They're coming to Dallas in 27. What were your thoughts when you when you got the Sooners placed on this year's schedule? Well, I mean, a great challenge. You know, that's a, quite a replacement OU for North Texas and and all of that. And that's no disrespect to North Texas because they're a really good football team. But um, they're already on our schedule as a conference opponent. I think when things happen that late, you know, when North Texas came, everyone's schedule a year out is, is already locked in. There's not a lot of non-conference opponents available. Same for OU and Georgia when they knew they were going to the SEC. There's no reason to really start that series. You know, there wasn't a lot of options for OU or us. Fortunately, regional were close. You know, Rick Carter, AD, had been at OU. There's a lot of good relationships there. And so I think it probably worked out. You know, we can come to Norman this year. They needed a game. We needed a game. And in return, you know, 2027, they get to come to Dallas, which is a big deal for us. And our, our new facility will be done. Now we'll be in the ACC. And so it makes it a pretty neat little home-and-home -home, uh, non-conference game. You mentioned, you know, you'd been at – SMU previous, uh, been at Miami. What made you want to come back to SMU and become the head coach of the Mustangs? It's a great question. I mean, there's a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, I've been blessed um, coaching about 15 plus years now. I've been at the Arkansas, the Auburns, the Miamis, and I've, I've been blessed to coach in, in two national title games. So I've been, you know, fortunate to be at a stage that you never know if you're going to get to as a coach. Um, and then I got to come to SMU in 2018 when Sonny Dykes got hired as the head coach. I got to come as his office coordinator. I'm from Arkansas, five hours away. It's really the closest in about 12 years I'd been to home. Um, and it was just neat because you, you grow up in Arkansas and you know what the t 
type of high school football is in the state of Texas and what college football and football in general is. And, you know, it's kind of a unique fraternity to coach in Texas. They rarely hire people outside of their own, both in the college and high school ranks. And so it was an opportunity to get in. I'd always respected Sonny from afar, never worked with him. And so when I came here, I was just excited to be in the state of Texas and, and, and create that connection. And I knew the history of SMU from my Arkansas roots and Southwest Conference days. And then when I got here, you know, you take a job a lot of times and you're like, well, I wonder why they haven't been winning. And then you get there in a few months, you're like, oh, well, it's this, 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 and this. And when we got here a couple months in, I remember we were in a staff meeting. We were all like, this this place could be a gold mine. Like there's there's really not a lot of reasons other than, you know, people talk about at that time, people come to games and this and that. And some of that's just, again, when you lose a generation of fans with with what happened in the late 80s, it takes time to recoup that. And so it got really exciting because you're like, man, if we can just turn the corner, we can start recruiting Dallas kids again. Then this transfer piece became a thing. Well, it's a transfer destination to come back to Dallas, and we're the only school within a 30-mile radius of the city of Dallas. So it's like a Division One school. It just it all made sense. And then the mayor jumped on board. This Triple D on my chest became a big partnership with the city. We went 10-2 and two in 2019, and you could just feel the energy and the momentum. And so – it helped that I had been here and had seen what I thought we had started to build and what could be. And so, um, you know, when I got the opportunity to come back, it just, I think when you take a head job, right, you're always looking for a fit because you only get one opportunity to be a head coach for the first time. And you can take any job, but if it's not a right fit, sometimes a good coach and a good school and it just doesn't work. And uh, I felt like I fit here after being here. And unfortunately, they felt, they felt the same way. Uh, you mentioned the, the talent in the Dallas area. SMU the last two years had an outstanding quarterback, Tanner Mordecai. We know a lot about him. He was here uh, at OU. He transfers to Wisconsin, and you are ready to bring in Preston Stone, one of the highest profile recruits for SMU in a long time. Uh, Dallas Episcopal, uh, very highly rated quarterback. How important was it to get a quarterback like Preston Stone straight out of high school, and how has he developed as, you, as you're handing this uh, this offense over to him? Yeah, it was huge for us. I mean, we, we've had a good four-year run with two different transfer quarterbacks. You know, when I was here, it was Shane Bichelle, who came from Texas, who was from Arlington High School here in Dallas, and uh, he did a great job. And then, you know, I was away for Tanner's first year as he transferred down, but being a Waco product, he fit, did a great job. And, um, you know, I got to recruit Preston out of high school. And to your point, he was the highest-ranked, you know, um, high school player to ever sign at SMU since they started keeping track of those things. And, you know, he picked SMU over Texas and Stanford. I mean, that's pretty strong company. But he was kind of always born. He had family ties here. He grew up here. He kind of always was born wanting to play at SMU. And so it was to our advantage. And, and getting him was huge. Um, he's been really patient in an era where people aren't. You know, he was the backup as a true freshman. He was our backup last year as a redshirt freshman. Did some good things. Started a game against Tulsa and played well. And he just waited his time. And, you know, I said this before earlier this year, I feel like Preston was not only destined to be a college quarterback, I think he was destined to be the SMU quarterback. And, you know, he played well last week and only a second career start. You know, he's got a long way to go in terms of just the experience that he's going to gain from playing. You know, we had Tanner and Shane that came in with a lot of experience already. Preston's kind of learning on the job. But I thought he had a good first game. You know, this is going to be by far the most, you know, chaotic environment he's ever played in and it's going to be exciting to watch how he handles it how he develops 
I think no question he's going to learn on the fly and get better week after week. But it is big for us to your original question to have someone from five miles up the road say, I want to stay home in Dallas and play at SMU and make that pretty cool. And it's brought a lot of good local players with him. Let's go a little bit back into into your history. Uh, you grew up in Springdale, which is just north of Fayetteville, 30 miles east of the Oklahoma line, just uh, east of Siloam Springs. And uh, you go to Shiloh Christian High School, and there your your coach is uh, this young fellow named Gus Malzahn. Everybody knows Gus now, but the truth is Gus became pretty widely known as a high school coach for his innovative offense. This part of the country, everybody was hearing about Shiloh Christian and Gus Malzahn. How instrumental, looking at your life and your career, how instrumental was it to just happen to be at a place like Shiloh when a man like Gus Malzahn was there? Well, I mean, I, I think if – I don't know what people believe, but if you don't believe that God has a plan for you, then uh, you could look at my journey and, and, and maybe believe because some things don't make sense other than it was just meant to be. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. My dad was actually the high school football coach at Siloam Springs for four years once upon a time. So, um, you know, it was a long time ago, though. I, I did. I grew up in Springdale, and I was a seventh grader when Gus came to my high school. And we had only played football for like nine years at Shiloh at that time, had never made it past the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, the first year he kind of runs a normal, you know, I formation offense. I think our high school went to the second round and we had a good seventh grade group. We went undefeated. And going into that second season, my eighth grade year, Gus decided he's going to run the hurry up, no huddle offense, spread the field and throw it around and play fast. And, you know, we started doing it in eighth grade, which was awesome as a quarterback. I had a blast. And for five straight years, we led the country, I believe, in, in total offense in high school. That's a lot of high schools. And, you know, my eighth grade year, Shiloh went and lost in the finals. And ninth through twelfth grade, we played in the state title game every year. And, you know, when you talk about how instrumental he is, I mean, he's my high school coach. So we all have a connection to our high school coach and, and the impacts they had on our life. So that was huge. But then you fast forward a few years later and he took me to Arkansas as his GA. Then he took me down to Auburn. Um, you know, then I got. I left for a little bit and then he took me to Arkansas State as an OC and then back to Auburn. And so, you know, he he gave me a ton of opportunities, not just to start at quarterback as a sophomore in high school, but to be a GA and to be an offensive coordinator and, you know, which ultimately helped me get on a path to become a head coach. So I'd say he's pretty instrumental. You, you talk about that hurry up offense. You still run the hurry up to, to some degree. How much how much of what SMU does in 2023 – is related to what you guys were doing at, at Shiloh Christian 20, 25 years ago? You know, in a lot of ways, the foundation's the same. And, you know, I learned a lot of those things at an early age. And then, you know, when, when you kind of – when I broke off after 2016 away from Gus and kind of went my own direction, those principles don't leave you. That base doesn't leave you. Now, I have my own personality, and over the years, me and the staffs, so I've been – a blessed to be a part of offensively we've kind of tweaked it and put our own flavor on it but the, the the guiding principles of spread the field play fast put pressure on the defense you know throw the ball vertically down the field that hadn't changed um see i grew up in arkansas in the 90s when nolan richardson was running 40 minutes of hell and the whole theory of we're going to full court press you for 40 minutes and the first 30 minutes are going to be chaotic and you may get us but we're going to own the last 10 minutes and we're going to we're going to win because you're not used to playing what we do as a normal way of life. And that was what it was like in high school is we would just people that were so much more talented than us. We would just wear them down, wear them down, out execute them and win. 
And so that philosophy hasn't left me. And it's funny, you know, I know Jeff Levy well, who's at OU. I mean, OU's doing the same thing on offense in some degree, you know, from his background. And um, But that's kind of how I was brought up, and so that's what we're doing. Is when you uh, when you broke away from from Gus and you know went out on your own Miami now SMU those kinds of places uh, how much of a of a connection still remains you're both now head coaches at uh, at schools going into major conferences of course Gus has has had a great career at Auburn but now he's at Central Florida and it looks like he's got a heck of a team uh, how much of a connection do you guys still have uh, used to be high school coach and player head coach and assistant coach on the same staff, but now you're sort of colleagues. How would you describe your relationship today? I'd say it's still very good. Um, you know, we all get to a point in time where, you know, where I was at Auburn in 16, that, you know, being the OC at Auburn's awesome, but you kind of reach a growth level and Gus always been a very offensive involved person. So I needed to break away and kind of, you know, go at it on my own, learn to fail, learn to make it kind of figure out my own kind of identity as a coach a little bit. And he was great through that process. And, um, you know, now we're both head coaches and he's at Central Florida and now I'm here. There's a lot of irony, you know, they're going to the Big 12 and we're going to the ACC. And, but, uh, you know, he, he's a good resource. You know, I'll, I'll call him from time to time and get his opinion on things. He'll call me and get my opinion on things. Cause in this coaching profession, we all are pretty friendly, but there's only a few that you, you trust deep, deep down that you know, uh, you could, could trust them with, with things. And, and I would say we're those kind of people for each other. And, you know, there's a pretty cool golf event in Pebble beach every year called the coaches classic that we both go to and get to go compete against each other a little bit. So I'd say we, st we're, we're, we're pretty close still. Fantastic. Going to send you out with this question, Red. I assume you guys spent the uh, spring and summer watching a lot of tape on the Sooners. Now you've got one game in, Arkansas State, what did you see on uh, on the film Saturday uh, from Oklahoma's defense, particularly that maybe you is different from what you uh, saw on the 2022 uh, videos? Yeah, great question. I mean, there's a lot of familiarity. You know, Brent Venables and I have known each other a while. We went against each other, Miami and Clemson, and I've known Ted Roof for a long time, worked with him, worked with Brandon Hall, uh, know Jeff well. I mean, I what I think stood out is, you know, offensively, I think Dylan Gabriel's really good. Remember him from UCF. He can really throw the deep ball, can hurt you with his feet. I think he's he looked really sharp. Their line's huge. They're running the ball well, which is what Jeff loves to do and, and get you the matchups, throwing it down the field. And then, you know, on defense, I mean, just their their speed, um, their length, their athleticism, they just look um, – they look a whole lot different. You know, it was year one, people learning a new system – it takes time sometimes, you know, Brent's system's pretty multiple. They do a lot. Um, they present a lot of problems, but early on, that could probably be a lot to understand and learn and, and get your right people in there. Man, I think the roster's loaded. Um, you know, I, and look, Arkansas State's no slouch. So to do what they did to them, uh, you know, I would say the roster says it and the results one game say that, you know, they're the team that could be competing for the Big 12 and, and the college football playoff and, so it's a great challenge for us. Well, Rhett, we uh, appreciate you joining us. Last question for me. Is, is the AQ chicken house still going strong in Springdale? You know, I don't. That's a great question. I grew up going there, getting chicken over the coals, and it was really good. I, I think the one in Springdale is no longer, but I'm not 100% sure. I haven't lived there in like, you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah, um, that's the old the one. one up in north Fayetteville, down. Though, 
the last time I was there, the one in Fayetteville was still open. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to Fayetteville, going to the AQ Chicken House. Hey, Rhett, appreciate the time. And, hey, great luck uh, in, uh, in Owen Field on Saturday, but also the rest of this season and as you go into the ACC. Thanks, Barry. I appreciate it. You bet. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Sellout Crowd, the Barry Trammell Show. You remember to get all of our content at selloutcrowd.com. You can find the uh, the show on all your uh, YouTube, Spotify, all the places you get your podcast. We'll be back next week with Dusty Dvorak, ESPN broadcaster. He'll join us next week. Talk to you then. <laughs>